with the hiccups. So I, I, I didn't Destroyer have um, New Orleans pressing plant or whatever press his album? Yes. Correct. Okay, gotcha. And he did a small run, didn't he? He did. So there's there's two mm, runs. It's like a double. Mm-hmm. There is the one exclusive vinyl club through the 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 pressing company, which is like I think was it forty or fifty copies of the orange like press. A campfire variant or something. No, like that, that was that was a hundred. And then was it a hundred? I think it was, was less. Like, than it was that. like a hundred and fifty. Fifty was what it was. And then he has his own the pink press, mm-hmm. which was like a hundred and twenty. And he's doing a repress for Halloween. He updated the artwork. He's buds with with Andrew Tremblay, so he updated the artwork. And he's doing another hundred and twenty ish pressings of that. And nice. there's some other stuff that I'm not going to talk about that'll happen later with Panic. Um, oh wow, that sounds like something might be happening. <laughs> yeah, some exciting stuff. I just want to get you know, excited. I'm 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 a big fan of his style. I love oh, it, and you. when it comes to Percubator, like I really enjoy his earlier stuff. Like I'm just not discrediting new model or old or new mode, the, the, one of the last albums he did, but Terra Four Four. Like I'm a sucker for like dark wave with like classic horror samples. Mm-hmm. And when Destroyer dropped Panic, I was like, this is fantastic, because <laughs> it was like a it was a nod back to that early days. Absolutely. in my opinion, we agree. We agree. Yeah. Uh, I I would say for me. The number one dark wave album of 2019 is Panic. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that. Okay, all right, that's yep, just that's really my personal won't. opinion. I would go along with that too. Um, yep. is as far as like all the stuff he does, uh, he does a lot of stuff right. I'm excited to hear what he does next. Um, but I feel like Panic deserves as much accolade as it can. Is it possible to get? And, you know, it's one of those things that he releases all that stuff himself. He's not signed to a record label. He's He pays for all those presses himself. Mm-hmm. So when you buy it from Destroyer, buy, he that's some shit he paid for to do himself. Hey, yeah. And that, just like Kyle was saying, like, that's having confidence in your product. You know what I mean? Like, you feel that strongly that what you made not only will sell, but you want to give everyone a physical copy. Like that's that's that says something about his character and mm-hmm. his you know his idea and business and his you know destroyer name. It's pretty cool. And he, and on, I've talked to him a couple times. He seems like a really nice guy too. He is. He is. <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say like his birthday is this Saturday. I don't know when our episode's gonna air, but his birthday is coming up in a couple of days. And all he wishes <laughs> for is for you to buy a Nightwave pin. <laughs> I already got one. <laughs> okay, well, all of us do that. Yeah, so shit. we did our part. We mm-hmm. can't fulfill his birthday nice. wish because it was already done. We fulfilled it before his birthday, even. Nice. Even. Fuck Over you, Chris. <laughs> we did our part. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you can't blame us. We did what we were supposed to do. Indeed. <laughs> and and that's really it's such, it's such an interesting thing where like. He released something. It's totally self-released. He sold out of his first run that he did himself through the mm-hmm. Vinyl Club. Now he's doing another release. Um, and there's continued interest on in, like doing some other stuff with that first album. And that's just it's just him. 
you know, it's just the passion of, of, of himself and the people that support him. And, and I really love that about our scene where it's like, you're doing a thing. And if you love it, you get to have the thing at the end of the day. Like I think blood music does a good uh, version of that. And most record companies do that. You know, I think what's the most vinyl pressing you've seen of a particular thing, 500 of a synth yeah, release. Some, yeah. Maybe that's probably the most like that. of a, of a particular release. And so it's really still a very intimate scene. And, mm-hmm. and I like that. And I don't know, like I'm a little scared sometimes. Like we talked about the weekend earlier where he touches into the last album into like what we would consider synth wave things. And I, I am like, I always wonder like, is this the release that blows open the floodgates to the discovery of ev- everything that's happening with what we do? Or is it just a, kind of another nod and people ignore everything else that's evolved in the scene? Yeah, you... I, I, I'm curious. And there's going to be an album. There's going to be a song, you know, and for the longest time, I thought that was uh, going to be the midnight. And I liked the, the new album they just dropped. I was, you know, was a fan of it. They, they, their sound changed. They're much poppier than like Endless Summer, um, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic album, in my opinion. Um I thought that that was that. I think that's what they were going for. They were yeah. shooting for the stars, and I, I wouldn't say they fa- they failed, um, but I don't know. I just it, it, it wasn't a. It, I hate to say it was a. It wasn't a letdown because I'm not discrediting the album. I'm not discrediting the artist at all. It just, I think it could have been a little bit more. You know, like what my favorite era of the midnight was like sunset. Sunset was a fantastic 80s, you know, nostalgic nod that just makes you want to dance around with the cast of The Breakfast Club, you know, and that's kind of what, like, all this, you know, is about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me, let me ask you this. Do you think there is a particular artist in any of the broad spectrum that has the possibility of breaking out into the mainstream, either being a producer, because that's an important aspect producing music is a huge thing or as like an actual headlining act. Do you think that someone has the ability to break out into the world? You know, somebody on our SBC uh, club on Facebook mentioned this last year and I'd never heard of this artist before. And I looked him up and I was like, okay, he's got his shtick. He's got a great sound. Um, and the guy's name is Ace Marino. I'm not sure if you guys uh, are familiar yeah, with him. I'm familiar yeah um now he's not my he's not my cup of tea but i can see like his uh you know everything that he's got going on from the way that he you know dresses up with the mullet and the bandana and the glasses and the mustache (laughs) and everything and the music's not bad it's just like you know it's it's not for everyone you know but i think that that could be it that could you know he could he could possibly take it to the next level he's like the doctor disrespect of synthwave What's that? He's like the Dr. Disrespect of Synthwave. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I would like to say it would be like an old schooler, like Laserhawk or, you know. Um, I want to see it be someone, someone like, like the Don. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. The Don's the man. You know, I actually saw him back in February. Um, there was the last concert that my wife and I went to before this whole COVID thing started. And we saw him Valentine's Day weekend. It was it was fucking amazing. That lucky. would be such a nice guy. So Some romantic <laughs> shit, right? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We went out with a bang for this COVID stuff. Like we did it right. So, um, 
Yeah, super nice guy, really down to earth, um, very friendly, you know, even for being a, an artist of the of his caliber, you know, like it just seems like everyone just around the synth community is just just friendly. Like it's everyone's welcoming everyone with open arms. If if you don't know, we're talking about uh Donnie, I don't know if it's Benet or Benet. <laughs> I don't know. It's Donnie Benet. It has to be. He's French. There's the T's yeah. always. He's silent. Australian. Austra- yeah, we well, call him Mr. Experience. Yes. The Don. <laughs> just the Don. The Don. Basically, because he's so important. He is the Don. He's ruling this shit. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee the T's silent. It has to be. Yeah, he's a, he's a great bass player, too. I'm not sure if you guys have seen him. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, stuff, yeah. He can fucking play the bass. He jams. He really does. Yeah. And it's like yep, he so. either like really has the look or he really doesn't have the look. <laughs> I know, right? To go he can either it. be that really like swanky, cool eighties guy, or he could be like that weird uncle that you never want to bump into in a dark. Hell or yeah. And in in my <laughs> mind it's like it's it's the perfect like the swanky like this is the motherfucking guy right here. He's right. Dude. awesome. Like the person yeah. you want to bump into at a club, like this is the person that's going to introduce you to a life-changing event. Exactly. <laughs> and it's probably going to be like running cocaine from like Cuba or something. Listen, we're not going to get into those details, but yes, <laughs> correct. So what are you, so question for you guys, what are your most anticipated vinyl releases this year? I, I, I'm really curious to see what Robert Parker's new record's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I know Kyle disagrees with me, but I'm not about it. I I really, really like it. I really like the new record. I do. Um, I've I've spent some time with it, a lot of time with it in my car. Uh, I'm really curious what it's gonna be uh, come vinyl release. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I'm still looking. I'm looking for something cool from someone I don't know from a company <laughs> I don't know. Right there, you go. Like something just to fall like into your lap. Like this is brand new, and I love it. Like yes, I want some new hot shit that I'm not ready for from a company that I know doesn't do weird shit. Maybe, and maybe that could be something we do. Yeah, indeed. You know, indeed. I, I did. I, I did read somewhere that I'm not sure if you guys are Dead Astronauts fans, but I read that they were possibly working on a new album this year that would drop. That so. would be very surprising if they started up again and released something yep. new like that. Yep. I would be very interested in seeing, and I will have to say that is a release from New Retrowave that is fucking awesome. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. That when they cared, quote unquote, according to me, what I think, because <laughs> mm-hmm. that was I mean, a that was, sick release on vinyl. Was, it was a beautiful release, had a spine. The gatefold was gorgeous. Um, I'm not a big clear vinyl fan, but I mean, the, the pressing was great. The vinyl was beautiful. Like the jacket was great. Like it, they nailed it with that one. That's for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, like I said, I'm always a big black vinyl fan. Give me black or nothing else, please. I think that the nipple spots in your shirt just like exploded out. Yeah, if I I moved my hair away from, if I move my mermaid hair away from my titties, you can see the nipples. So, um, 
one of the producers for Dead Astronauts, besides the guy that sings and Haley Stewart, um, I believe his name could be, I believe his name is Stewart, I think. I'll have to look it up and see it real quick. But he's got a band called Crying Vessel. Um, and if you need some Dead Astronauts fix, um, they kind of have that dark wave touch. Um, and they're about to put out a new album later this year that they just, they were, they were signed to um, Cleopatra, which interesting okay yeah and um they uh cleopatra also signed david hasselhoff which is funny um and of course you know we got the whole back catalog and ministry and everything and, and manless um, self-indulgence i think at some point in time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so for those that are of that age group mm-hmm. that's oh yeah uh, I right in that. there <laughs> yeah indeed uh it, it's what i find interesting is that um i think other record labels are starting to maybe take some of the, the the high rollers of our scene. So like Ghost is what new century media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm really curious what Perturbator's new record. I'm not sure if Perturbator is still signed to release under blood because I know that Jay is saying that he has contractual obligations to release still quite a few records that have yet to come. Yeah, my guess is that Perturbator might not be under that. Like, I could see Master Boot Record, maybe. No, Master Boot Record is signed to Metal Blade now. So the newest Ma- okay. Master Boot Record was under hmm. Metal Blade. Um, I know that he's good friends with the owner, and they did the Virtual Verse um, soundtrack, which is released under Blood. But didn't he just do something again with Data Airlines? Because I know most of his shit is under Data Airlines. Maybe, but his newest record was released under like Metal Blade. This speculative record release podcast here. <laughs> yeah, right. I think so, but maybe not. But maybe. What so. is this shit gonna be under? I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's it's as if we don't know someone that knows them really well. But anyways, you know what? Also, that's crazy that we could see something like uh, an artist like Master Boot Record being a synthwave artist. Indeed. Right, and or, it's just like, oh, it's it's here's one end of the spectrum, and we can go all the way to a different end of the spectrum, and I can talk really far away from the microphone <laughs> as I'm doing that too. It's just like, yeah, it's crazy. Like I think like other underground metal or whatever alternative record labels or maybe have tuned into a little bit what's happening. Um, yeah, they're gonna be a metal blade. <laughs> whatever, um, I don't know because like. New Century Media did Ghost's new thing. And if you look at like his last music video that he did, he brought back the 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 character in the music video is There's like the music skull. videos? Yeah, dude. You I don't even it. know that. I don't want to see I didn't even know that video. either. It's, I'm curious. It, it's cool because he, he brings back like his old persona with the skull mask. He, I don't think it's him. I but thought it, he was done with that shit. I thought somebody stole that. Well, yeah, like <laughs> Magnavolt, <clears throat> uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but in the music video, like, he brings back that old persona. I don't know if it's him in the music video, but uh, if you look at the comments in YouTube, they're like, "What's this synthwave shit? This is fucking bullshit. Why are they fucking releasing synthwave?" And I'm oh, like, wow. this is not even really, to me, like, I'm listening to this, and I'm like, is this even really synthwave? Like, oh, that's when we can get into this, where Ghost is Ghost synthwave or not. That is a big, 
that or it was at least at one point in time a big topic like some people were like ghost is not synthwave oh yeah and some people yeah. were like oh ghost is definitely synthwave it's hard and i you know here's the thing i'm so biased I couldn't tell you. I'm not a reliable narrator in the story. And it's like, I don't care who, where you think on the spectrum. Like, I would say I still think he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really do. Um, are you also, not you in general, but are those people going to question Carpenter Brutus' album, Leather Teeth, saying that that's not synthwave? Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's teetering. See you know, Kyle's face right now. My face lit up because I was just, like, remembering the time when, like, Leather Teeth came out, and I was like, boy, I don't know if I really get this album or not. And then I saw Carpenter Brute live doing Leather Teeth, and I was in all the visuals and everything else. The whole experience that went behind it, I was like, holy fuck. Like, I didn't get Leather (laughs) Teeth until now, but fucking Leather Teeth, I get. And this shit is amazing, seeing it live and all the video that went with it that is specifically made for that shit. It was incredible, Mm -hmm. incredible. And like my whole opinion on leather teeth went from like, I don't know about this to like, Oh my God, this shit is amazing. You know, I agree 100%. I I didn't get a chance to see Carpenter Brew live when they toured through Houston. They came with ministry and I was, wasn't able to go. Shame on you. But I know, I know. Um, And when I first listened to the album, I thought it was good. Um, and I can appreciate it. Um, but then, um, like you, um, I didn't see the visuals live, but I saw the videos and when they finally released the videos and you could piece them all together, it was like a different experience. Holy and shit. I think, was that amazing? I, it, it, it was incredible. And I think one of the reasons why I liked it so much was going back to what we were saying a couple minutes ago was incorporating the old horror stuff into it, you know, because that was a big part of my childhood too, was. You know, my sister still tells me to this day that I've tortured her with watching, you know, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that when, you know, we were, you know, eight, nine years old and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I guess it just kind of stuck with me. So after that, just like you, just when I could see all that together, I was like, that is incredible. Because not only is the music great and the videos are great, but you put them two together, it's going to be like a goddamn fucking nuclear bomb. And it was. It, it just it makes so much more sense, and I feel I feel bad almost for like questioning it, questioning it at the beginning. I was just like, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. and then really experiencing it the way that it was meant to be experienced. Mm-hmm. It, it totally I mean, how are you going to follow things. up the EPs and the trilogy album? I mean, it's you know, it's going to be tough. So let me ask you this. <laughs> Have you seen Blood Machines? I have. I loved it. Um, it was the only reason why I got shuttered. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, I loved it. It was short. It was a lot shorter than I thought. Um, but yeah, I think Seth and his team did a fantastic job on it. The soundtrack was great. Um, it was. It, it was. It was a score. So it wasn't like your typical Carpenter Brute that we were all kind of hoping for. Uh, but it was still, you know, it was good. And uh, to, to yeah, me, it was I everything it. I was, uh, I would hope it would to be as far as music goes. Like, it perfect. I'm still, so they're going to release that album, Blood Machines. I th- people think. are getting their copies right now. I just saw someone post today that they got their vinyl copy. Fuck all of them. I know. Yes, I, I, will... I, I did not back the Kickstarter, and I am would like to issue a formal apology <laughs> to Seth and Carpenter Brute by not doing that 
But yeah, I'm totally kicking myself in the ass for not uh, doing so. I never thought the vinyl was going to show. I thought the same thing. I didn't back it. And I don't know if I feel like I'm missing out on anything. You know, yeah. maybe after the show, we should sit down and watch some Blood Machines. Perhaps I'm on vacation. Yeah, because nice. I, yeah, because I like you. I got Shutter. To, well, and that's not exclusively. Like I do like watching schlocky horror movies, and you do. You are a big horror movie fan, and don't uh, downplay it. You were a big horror movie. I'm fan. a big horror ner- <laughs> horror nerd, and um, and like with the revival of with at the drive-in with with Joe Bob Briggs, like. That was a huge thing for me growing up was watching at the drive-in and and those things and like along with like Mystery Science Theater three thousand like those were the two things that I like, I really loved growing up. Mm-hmm. So like being able to watch that and Blood Machines and any other schlocky shit because like the new Phantasm movie was released I think exclusively on Shutter, so like it it works I I like it and I've seen... did you see that. Did you watch it? No, not yet. No. Okay, because I'm wondering about that. Like, I like Phantasm. Indeed, I really do. Like that. That's something that really resonates with me. But I'm really iffy about anything else. It's got the original dude in it. So how could you like hate the original old guy? The original old guy and the wow. original director did the last Phantasm movie. So oh, cool. So how could you know? You know what I mean? Like. I guess I we could know. watch it and report back, but I don't know that, that maybe that could be something for a next episode. <laughs> but right. I don't. I'm so, iffy. I'm iffy about it. So, being a big horror fan, did you guys or either of you guys watch the In Search of Darkness? Uh, Darkness? Um, Not yet. No. No. Okay. I keep seeing so, shit about it, but I I have yet to do it. Yeah, I, so, good news. I believe that I saw an ad um, that is coming to Shutter. So another reason to spend seven or eight or nine bucks for the next month. Um, hopefully that'll. It's like not. It's like six dollars a month. I gave yeah, huge props to Tokyo Rose for having the best track on the soundtrack for that. Oh yeah, man, that was a killer track. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Turbo VCR. That was his track on there was really good too. You know that was a that was an album that I actually that I didn't get. I just couldn't get into it for some reason. I have no idea why, and I wasn't, I'm not really sure why. I talked to a friend, and he was like, just give it a, a second chance. Went back to buy it, and they sold out. Thankfully, <laughs> in NRW fashion. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah, so, goes. so then my decision was made, and I was like, okay, great. Um, so typical NRW fashion, like after the pressings and everyone was sent out, everybody had their copy. They listed like 10 more. So I was lucky, lucky enough to grab one, which is cool. I'm glad I did, too. So you did get it then. You did. I did yeah. Yeah. And it will initially I, I passed on it and then they sold out, but then they posted more up for sale like three months later. And I was, <laughs> Have I you got, got it more. yet? Are you still waiting for it? <laughs> no, I actually got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. Good. I, yeah. it, that's the funny thing. So like with Dynatron three, like, um, I told Magnetron three. Magnetron three. Sorry. Dynatron three. Looney Tunes yes. drunk. Looney Tunes drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, it, it came up. I saw it initially. I didn't do anything about it. And then I asked Kyle, I'm like, Hey, did you pick that up? And he goes, Oh no, thanks for reminding me. You picked up your copy. I hadn't picked up my copy yet. 
Yeah, but like, okay, going back to our original conversation like two hours ago. <laughs> like, I got it, $50, and I'm pretty sure it said it was supposed to come with a cassette in the mini disc. Yeah, I, I missed it. So, that. like, I got that. There was like two versions that had both of those with it. There was like a gold version and a magenta yeah. version or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. And I got that, and it was like, okay, it's sold out. And then, like, the next day or two days later, then, like, here's the just the vinyl. You can get yeah. the vinyl, and that's $35. I don't know what how the fuck. How, how did you feel about that? Because that kind of, honestly, like, I, I hate to talk bad about any label because they're a small business, but it kind of, as a, as, as a customer, it kind of, like, upset me. Like, yeah, I'm still, know, that upsets I'm me, still and confused. I will. Oh, that's why I'm talking shit about this label that releases the hottest shit. Mm-hmm. I'm still confused. I don't know what I bought. I bought it, but I don't know what I did because he, I told him about it. Yeah, and there when I went to get it, there was a gold version and like a purplish mm-hmm. magenta version. I have no idea what version I bought. And as far as I know, I bought the magenta version. And that was fifty bucks. So in like overcharged for shipping because they do first class or media mail, and they charge mm-hmm. you ten dollars for shipping when really it only costs three dollars. Yes. So I paid sixty dollars for this shit. And as far as I understand from the original listing, it is the vinyl. It is the cassette and it is the mini disc because that was all that was available at the time. There was no strictly vinyl version available until like a day or two later. And I bought. And then they released like three different fucking versions of a vinyl version. I'm still mm-hmm. confused. I don't know because I did this, like I, I told you about it, and then you're like, "Oh shit! Thanks for reminding me about it. I got it." And then I went to get it and it was sold out. But then like. Eight minutes later, there was like another thing. Yeah, like throughout the day, there was different shit. DJ10, if you're listening to this, if you do listen to this and you're like upset with me being mad at you, like get in contact with me if you want to clear shit up. I would like to, like, we could do this because I want to know. And I bought. I, I end up getting a ver- it's a fifty. I got the bundle, but I was still confused because like I don't know what I got. What I don't know what I paid fifty sixty dollars. And for. here's the thing: like when they release some shit that I want, I'm gonna buy it. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, hands down. I'm gonna do that. So there's that thing too. Like I'm at odds. And DJ Ten, if you're listening, you can get in contact with me, and we can hash shit out. We can talk about things like. We can explain things. I would like to know what's going on. I, I don't understand it. And then, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. And that's what I think at the beginning of the of this, where I started by saying I'm not really sure their angle and why they chose to do this because the way that they marketed it in the beginning was the vinyl was going to drop at this particular day. So when it did, you know, like both of you, you jumped on it because you didn't want it, and I saw it and I was like, this just doesn't seem right. Because it's a bundle deal. There are no singles. This is the first time they've ever done this. Yeah. And then I remember what they did with the Jesse Ware stuff a couple of weeks prior. Um, and they did the same thing. So I was like, well, I'm just going to wait. Um, and then it was uh, later that day, somebody confirmed that they were going to do the actual final releases the next week. Well, that came two days early. Um, which So now we're, we're three weeks into pre-orders when the album hasn't even dropped yet. Which is, you know, okay. 
you know, it happens all the time. It happened within a Jordan F album uh, that it would drop like three or four weeks ago, I think. Um, anyway, uh, and it, it just, it, it, that's, I don't, I don't like that in our, is doing that i really don't yeah like i can appreciate a pre-order but you know let us hear the album before we want to buy you know that's yeah. one thing i that, that's the one thing i got to say that nrw was doing right that it would release the vinyl pre-orders cassettes and everything on the day the album drops so you kind of know what you're getting and i i just took faith in the strength of the of the artist listing on there i'm like hot 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 oh, for great sure. amazing okay, I trust that these artists are going to release some really hot shit. But mm-hmm. you got, when you pre-order it, you got, what, two tracks that you could listen to, like a Power Glove and something else, and that was it? That's all you got? I yeah, mean, I Power, Power Glove. Pilot, um, yeah, uh, Wave Shaper, and something else. Yeah. And I'm a huge Power Glove fan, and I wasn't, I'm not 100% about that. Yeah. You know, the first uh, the first Power Glove album that I passed on was the Slime um one, the one they did for Halloween, the glow in the dark one. Yeah, the throwback album. Of, um, yeah, I, I love that album. I really do. And I, it was a compilation, but I just can't stand glow in the dark vinyl. I don't know what it is. I just, I'm just not a fan of it. It is the worst, the worst thing that you could possibly release a vinyl album on is glow in the dark vinyl. That mm-hmm. is. Because over time, it'll just yellow and just look like a big thing of snot. So I'll pass. It's just like not that, but it's just like the sound quality mm-hmm. is not there. And I mean, that's a big thing. Like um, Perturbator's Dangerous Days, when that was mm-hmm. originally released on vinyl, there was a glow in the dark option. And it was so bad that they were giving people like free copies of a different version. Oh, wow. Because it was so bad. Hmm. That's so crazy. luckily, you know that's... really good pressings, and they need to do more of is Laserdisc. Laserdisc from overseas, they um, pressed Absolute Valentine's Sunset Love, and they also pressed recently the, the Stills album Star Crash. I, I have both of them. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, I'm still waiting on the Stills, but I have Absolute Valentine's. It's a great pressing. Um, Thank on, you. Honestly, agreed. if they're listening, I would love to see. Um, what, who did I put down? Baldo Caster? Baldo Moonride. Absolutely. Oh, gee. I troll. So, Johan is one of the owners of that label, and I troll him as much as I possibly can to press Baldo Caster's either one of his albums. Like, it's just mm-hmm. one of my personal mission statements to, like, fucking press those goddamn albums. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I mean, he's got some good releases, and honestly, like the the product and the pressing is is quality. Like, you should totally do more pressings. I think it so really would. Dude, press them. <laughs> I think what it comes down to, and and what I gauge, uh, we we know Dave, who's Baldocaster, and and I think what it really comes down to is like it's security. Like when you invest so much money into a product you have to know that it's going to sell. So if you're going to invest a huge mm-hmm. amount, and I think Europe, it's way more expensive for them to press vinyl and then ship it out. You think about the shipping costs to oh, yeah. the rest of the world. So they have to know it's going to be a number one stunner. So like with the still star crash record, they didn't decide to press it until it was like a million streams on Spotify. Yes. Yeah, all that. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And and Stills is like kind of like a, a sure bet. Like he's got records on pretty much everybody, right? You know, he's mm-hmm. releasing stuff. He's you know you're gonna do well with with Stills, and they waited that long to press Star Crash. So like, it's an interesting. It's a it's a risk, and they had to know that like it's gonna do well before they took the risk to doing it. And you know like, Laserdisc did mostly CDs and cassettes beforehand mm-hmm. and getting into vinyl is a lot more of an expensive, you know, it, you know, venture. So, you know, I hope they did well with both the absolute Valentine and the stills release because they're both done really well. They're both mastered they really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, I didn't really appreciate Johan's um, ability to master until I, I got sunset love like i got that in and i'm like oh holy shit like he, yep. he knows exactly what he's doing he could master things just so and the only complaint i think like what prevented kyle from getting the record was that it didn't include the remixes on the record mm-hmm. but the last I will, two tracks yeah you're right but that is fucking right but mm-hmm. it's it's done in 45 and kyle's oh, yeah. a 45 horror so like that it too so it worked out to be perfect where like it fit the format just right and I love But it's like that. it's dumb because like we're Angel Fly singular. Yeah. <laughs> not not <laughs> Angels. We're Angel Fly is probably my favorite track on that. And I should have bought it because of that. And I had the chance and there's like two left and I missed that. I actually think they have a couple left, just FYI. Oh, there might still be that two left. Yeah, fucking, yeah, I, I fucking get it. Because I, I, I checked not too long ago. I was like, how is this not sold out yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm really... It was a pressing of 300, which is high for a synthwave artist, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's and, true. So so, uh, so, I heard one of you guys mention the 45 RPM. How do you... do? You, I prefer that. I do, too. Mm-hmm. I yeah. fucking love... 45 rpm not only because like something cut at 45 rpm is supposed you know technically is better quality it it, it does in my opinion i mean i could really tell a difference but not only that it's like you're getting two fucking albums in one because some some albums that are cut at 45 if you play them at 33 rpm that's also another experience too like the midnight, <laughs> or no, not at the not the midnight, like FM uh, eighty four. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've album. done that. Because like, if you play that album at thirty three, that shit's tight too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I accidentally did that one night when it was a nightlight tonight. Had some whiskey and stuff, and I put it on. <laughs> didn't know what I was doing, and I was like, "Damn, this is I'm really vibing to this right now. This is really good." And my wife was like, "This, what is this?" And I was like, oh shit, it's at the wrong speed. <laughs> and you know what? It went through the whole album at 33. And it was it was a it was a cool experience. I, I agree. And that was 100%. the thing. And that's when I that's what I was going to um bring to Laser Punk about Death and Glory. I was like, I would like to do that on two LP 45 RPM. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been an experience also at 33 RPM. Agreed. Right. I I Listen, you need to shut your fucking mouth, Kyle, because you're giving up a whole lot of stuff and you need to stop it. <laughs> stop it. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Like, it, it's that wonderful, happy accident where you get a 45. Like, if you listen to Sunset Love on at 33, 
It's a different experience, even that record. And so you're stupid. Get that goddamn record. I know it didn't. It doesn't have the two remixes, but get the fucking thing. It's the totally one is it. like really four is. minutes longer than the original. I don't one. give a shit. Buy it. And that's it. And it's worth it. Uh, yeah. That yeah. And John, free sticker, which is cool. John, do you agree that the Absolute Valentine record is worth the money? Absolutely. Yeah. The quality of the pressing is fantastic. So um, I'm honestly, God. I'm not even a big, I'm not even a big fan of red records. I don't know why. It just Neither am I. Personal. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, and that's what it took me a while to get it because of that particular reason. Um, and finally, you know, just like you guys, you're watching the numbers drop and you don't want to get FOMO. So I pulled the trigger and I'm, I'm very happy that it did. So I, I, I wasn't even that. I knew, I knew instantly as soon as it dropped, I'm like, I'm buying it because number one, I want to support Laserdiscs getting into vinyl mm-hmm. because they've got hot releases. Because our buddy Baldo Caster, he's got two records out on them. They haven't released it on vinyl. I want to support Laserdisc and vinyl. So I'm like, fuck it. I don't get give a shit what they release. And then I just right. harass them. What about Baldo Caster? Fucking release mm-hmm. Baldo Caster already. Hey, what about Dream Electric 2? Shut your mouth. Oh yeah, you know that's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking about Bottle Ca- Bottlecaster's release on that compilation. It is great, so great. fucking good. He it has is, the best is. track on that entire album. Yeah, fuck yep, you. Yep. I missed out. That's why he mentioned it because I don't have that record. I think it's still available, isn't it? I could be wrong. I don't, I know. don't think so. It I, might be. I don't know. Oh man. Like I have the test pressing. Of that eat, as well. eat shit. Eat shit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a great compilation. Honestly, when Brian dropped the the Dream Electric comp, uh, one, I think I mentioned that I was like, it just it has like that finish line vibe to it. Uh, and I'm not sure if you guys know, but the finish line is an old comp. Oh, I definitely Rush, have the finish line. I have that yeah, for yeah, sure. Same here. And it's, it's, just, it's such a great comp the way they did it because they got like this, you know, beachy, dreamy album and they have like the space darker album. And the way that he did it, it was kind of like that. It, it it just had a perfect balance of the light and the dark, not to get all Star Wars, but yeah, in my you, opinion, you had like the outrun and like the futuristic shit in it. Exactly. All in one. Yeah. Oh, yes. We are the two. Like literally, we are the two percent that have the finish line. Yeah, eat shit. Right. I know. Hell yeah, we are. Because <laughs> there's only a hundred. That is like. Yep. The, that is the original compilation that everyone wishes to be. Yep. Yep, I agree. Even Magnetron, the first one that came out, which is, is good. The pressing is garbage, and I hate it. <laughs> NRW, I'll back you up 100%, but that pressing is just crap. It is, um, and I have it, and I can agree with you that it is garbage. Yep. But Magnetron 2, um, the pressing is good. I'm very happy with it. Um, and 3, I'm hoping it's going to be just as good. So, um, but yeah, man, compilation-wise, the finish line is where it's at, for sure. Did you get the Tone Box release? I did. Good for you. It's, which one? Yeah. Well, the last <laughs> one. So his newest I got, I got the purple-black splatter with blood and rainbows and smiley faces. Cool. I don't even remember <laughs> what else was available. Were there different ones? Because yeah, like I'd have got one that's probably all kinds of shit on it, too. Yeah, there was two. I think there was like a black uh, with white and purple splatter, and then the opposite on the uh on the other one it was like purple with white and black splatter or something i think that's the one i ended up getting 
pressing is sounds great. Quality is great. Um, you know, Tonebox is a fantastic artist. He really is. He's he's got a very unique sound, and honestly, he led me to find Lucy in Disguise, and they're you know he's just as good. So indeed, indeed, and there's that trifecta because there's Tonebox, Lucy in Disguise, and there's Baldocaster. Yeah, he's part of their crew. Yeah, they're all friends. And then you add Galaxy 80 on top of it, and then you've got another, you've got a a fourplex of friends. Yeah, talking about uh, one of my most anticipated releases of this year is his new album. Um, Galaxy 80, I I haven't heard anything on it, Uh, but he teased it about a week ago saying it's going to be like a chiller vibe to it. And I'm totally excited to to hear it. I, I cannot wait for that one. Neither can we, because that's our boy right there. <laughs> that's our boy. Yeah. Local boy. Nice. Local boy, yeah. So he's one of our good... Well, he's not a good friend. He's a friend of ours. Um, and uh, he's he's part of our the Minneapolis uh, synthwave scene. So he's mm-hmm. he's kind of our shining little spotlight, if you will. So it's it's... I know that he's been working on it for a while, so I'm really curious to hear what that's going to be. And I'm curious what anyone what their creative output is during this time. Cause like Alex, again, Alex has been pretty vocal lately about like how terrible everything is and like mm-hmm. how, how it's been a damper on his creative output. I mean, Whereas, everything like, is terrible right now. It, so. Yeah. But you know, you right. say that regardless of how everything's events... okay. Everything's really terrible right now. Okay. okay. But the like laser punk released an EP, um, and the other people that are releasing a lot of stuff, a lot of other people are being really creative right now, regardless of how shitty stuff is. And I feel like if I was a creative person who knew what I was doing with music right now, it'd be a really good time to do something. But that's just because I'm like an introvert and I don't want to go out and do things. And if I had time to do that kind of stuff right now, I feel like that would be ideal. Right. Indeed. Yes, correct. Um, but I'm not, and I have a normal job, and I just listen to other people's music. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of people in our scene that's working on shit. They've got stuff that's, like, that's brewing. I'm really excited for it. I'm just curious what kind of, like, the effect of, like, people's extra time and how shitty the world is, what that's going to, how that's going to affect their work and what that's going to look like. That is, that's like bumming out people right right now, but it like, I'm not bummed out right now. No, because introvert because I don't want to do anything. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm really curious. Cause like, you know, we, we talk to folks and you know, they're busy just like hacking away at stuff. And like they're people that you like or like the people that we like. And you're like, well, what is this going to sound like? So if you're uninterrupted from normal life and you're just able to run wild with your most creative, whatever it is, what does that sound like? And I mean, I've heard some stuff from people that I really, you know, like destroyers kind of giving me a vibe of what he's working on. I'm really excited about, um, and I'm just curious what that's going to end up being and how it's going to affect people. And some people are on social media saying my life sucks and the world sucks and fuck everybody. And there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious what I that's relate. Going. Yeah, you relate. You are. I guess it, it, I guess it all depends on what kind of mindset and what, how this is, uh, how this is affecting you. 
yeah. you know, if you're like, you have an artist that's like literally like out of work and everything, it's, it's got to be hard for them to focus on, um, you know, music. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a way to just express themselves and get out anger, stress or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm, cur- I'm curious to see what comes out of this. And Galaxy 80, after he, you know, teased that a couple of weeks back, I was, that was what, because I've seen his Instagram posts and, and things like that. And um, to hear something like that come out, because he's been very vocal about his opinions and stuff. Um, I'm really, really curious to hear what's going to come out of this. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I know it's going to be mastered. That's I was going to say, no matter what, like the mastering on that's going to be, because that's what he fucking does for a living. That's Mm -hmm. like, that's his living. That's what he does is fucking audio engineering shit. So, you know, it's going to sound great. And And I'm really excited night audit. So just so you know, Kyle, I talked to night audit like two days ago as an artist i am very interested <laughs> uh he's another <laughs> minneapolis guy it's kind of similar in the vein to galaxy 80 um he's gonna release an ep in the next couple of months five to seven songs which i'm very curious to hear tight maybe he can be my st- he can continue to be my person to have at live shows <laughs> if and when yeah. they ever start again <laughs> yep um so a lot of people are busy uh, you know uh north innsbruck has been so not only does north innsbruck have an ep that he's releasing seven songs he's also got a side project going on oh cool um with me uh, <laughs> hey nice uh plug plug but also right. he's working with L- the less dead and a few other dark wave artists so North Innsbruck is going dark wave. Oh wow, that's interesting. That, that'd be that'd be really cool. Yeah, so that's going on. So he's got like two projects that he's really like super focused on, and I know a lot of other people are are you know obviously they're working on stuff. So I'm, I'm like I think we're going to hear a lot of interesting output from folks in the next the rest of the year. So my point being the original thing is your your things that you love the most so far this year and what are you looking forward to we're really (laughs) wow i'm bringing it like way back way back that's what i'm good at yeah um honestly um let's see here um looking forward to i'm I'm honestly looking forward to magnetron 3 me too um I, i cannot wait to hear the rest of the album i think it's a you know the first well vinyl pressing wise for the first one you know but digitally wise it sounded wonderful magnetron 2 was fantastic um it had that uh woob track on magnetron 2 that was absolutely mm-hmm. breathtaking it was beautiful hard hitting and driving um galaxy 80 um and that's the other one that i'm really excited about and honestly what i'm most excited about is jordan f jordan f um he i'm not sure if you guys are familiar but he's a a Rosso Corsa, if I pronounce that correctly. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, he's a he's a he's an artist on there. He's released like three or four albums. He's old school. He's been around since like 2013, and he uh, did a vinyl pre-order last week. Um, and he's got three or four tracks already on his Bandcamp. I think the album's got like 10 or 11 songs. Um, it's all vocal stuff. It reminds me of Sebastian Gamble. Um, and I can, I I love winter Winter's a fantastic EP. It's four songs and it's made its mark in our, you know, very ever evolving scene. 
Um, and I, that's what it kind of reminded me of because it was kind of peppy, it was fun. Um, and I think sometimes that's what the scene is missing is fun music. Um, but his instrumentals uh, yeah. are fantastic as well. Um, so um, I'm, I'm really, that's probably my most anticipated release and that should be out um, in a couple of weeks. So Let me ask you this, speaking of Rosa Corsa and all that, what do you think of Act Razor's classics? <laughs> Wonderful. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. It's uh, it's it's classic outrun. I, I, it's, it's I, classic indeed. I think it's a great yeah. album too. I find it very interesting that it dropped with kind of no preface to where it comes from, who it's from. It just is a thing. It's a release. Here it is. Get it. And you don't. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, it, it like so like I picked it up just because. Because I felt that I should, and I didn't really realize who act what Act Razor was, basically. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, yeah, um, they did a you know, EDR or EPR did a very small like you know this is also Miami Nights nineteen eighty four, and that's about the extent of it. You know, they 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 teased it um, with that being said, and then it just kind of like dropped off. They did what, I, which I can kind of appreciate because you know you've got you know the same artist. Pretty much the same styles. Um, just decided to change his name from Act Razor to MN84. Um, I but, feel like uh, very different styles. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I I prefer the Act Razor side of things to the Miami Nights side of things. Okay. What? Okay. Well, let, let's go back to what we were talking about a couple hours ago. When you hear a specific scent sound or a specific sound from an artist and you kind of take that and you're like, okay, like I know exactly who that is. I can see the similarities between the two. So maybe that's why I'm saying that, but I do agree that classics is much darker than turbulence or anything else he's ever done. I didn't know that until Eric told me that. And I was like, wait a fucking minute. Like I am the synth wave fucking King. Like I should know <laughs> all this shit. And I didn't know that. And I was just like, fuck, I really think Actraiser's classics is a lot better. And of course there are parts on that where it's like, it's on every track. There's a thing like this quote unquote solo part comes around and it goes a little bit crazy mm-hmm. and that's very predictable. But I think as a whole, I like the act razor side of things. than you know, the other. Yeah. The, uh, I, once again, and I'm not doing some sort of like, you know, I'm not trying to stick this to you guys, but the rise of the sense, sense documentary, you guys ought to check it out seriously because they actually mention act razor. Um, and it's from MN 84s perspective, which is kind of cool because he's like, you know, back then I wasn't even the thing. I was under this alias act razor and I was talking to some dude in Sweden and he was talking to some guy in Russia and that was about it. So it's, it's, it's really cool. I promise you that's not a plug. it's okay that if it is because the whole point of the show is that we're plugging this whole fucking scene um what i it's interesting about when that that record came again like it didn't mention the pedigree of who released it it's just basically like here's a record it's pretty hot here's a what's what did you get all hard about about when i first when okay so the all right First off, I will admit the main reason that I bought that, I was like, boom, Kuntash, like this version of it in this mm-hmm. layout for this album with UV spots and all this like 
we're talking about artistic masterpiece for a release. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And I was just like, of course I'm going to buy this album. And it should be hot because it's electronic purification records. Whatever they release mm-hmm. is usually, in my opinion, the hottest available in the scene right now. Like, I will get this. Got it. I didn't know the background, oddly enough. And oh. it's been something that I've been playing a lot more than anything else lately. Yeah, it's a record that I go back to pretty frequently. Um, and I... I'm one of those people that like is different from Kyle. Like when something bothers me, I need to know who produced it, who engineered it, the whole mm-hmm. thing. And so I did the sleuthing to figure out the background of Act Razor because I didn't know. And then I'm like, holy shit, there's this whole pedigree to things. And yeah, the depth of my searching was like, is this available on title so I can listen to it in my car? And it's not. <laughs> it's fucking not available on that. So I was pissed off. Man, there's a uh, there was another Roso Corsa release that I picked up recently, and I think it's Palm Palm something. I'm looking it up right now. Um, but anyway, it, it was it's it's a, it's a it, you can pick it up dirt cheap on Discogs. I think I bought it for like 17 bucks, and it was released through a, another company. It wasn't directly through them, um, but it, it's got like this Laserhawk sound to it. So I actually emailed him like a, about a month or two ago, and I was like, Hey, man, just out of curiosity, because Actraiser had, you know, the MN84. Were you by chance this fellow? Um, and of course, he hasn't responded yet. But uh, I would definitely let you guys know, since you guys are into d- digging, like, into the earlier days, like, who were you before and things like that. Yeah. I feel like Discogs, like, for those that, like, need to know, like, if you want to know the dirty details, like, Discogs is a place to go. Because the people on there will reveal secrets that the the originators don't want you to know. Like they're so oh, like, exactly. <laughs> especially when it comes to video game releases. Yeah, and that's how, and that's honestly how I figured out the whole thing with Act Razor was like, if you do a Google search, you really can't figure out the connection with Miami Nights 1984. But if you do the Discogs thing, it all comes together, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. Like, okay, I, I get it, the whole thing. So right. that was my. I will also say the other thing that I really like about that Act Razor album is like being a film fan and liking movies like, ooh, there being a track dedicated to the movie Thief. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Yeah. Oh. That was a, a Marauder soundtrack, wasn't it? Giorgio Marauder? Did he do Thief? Am I right? Am I wrong? I don't. Wasn't that Michael Mann? Well, that's yeah. a director. Yeah. So, like, we're getting to Pilot Priest territory of of, of that whole thing. Oh, there, yeah, mm-hmm. there's another good one right there. Oh, yeah. Pilot Priest. And a beautiful release, too. Who released that? Waxwork. Yeah. Waxwork. I would disagree about it being a beautiful release. I was upset with that release, but... Really? Okay, so, so, so I think, like, the intentional crackles and the lo-fi, like, background noise was intentional. I could it be was. Wrong. I mean, that's the but... way I took it. So that was that was added. So whatever track had like the vinyl crackled noise was added, but it was also yeah. not a great press, which added even more noise into it. You know, I, I wonder if he added that in knowing that he was going to do a vinyl release because it would seem like almost counterproductive. Because it's like I my original copy that I got 
was so terrible and like after dropping the needle on it the first time like there was all kinds of shit all over the stylus oh well initially so i had to complain about that got another copy and that one wasn't much better and it wasn't great yeah i would have gone a different direction with that genius album for sure yes absolutely I, I will say that and like i told eric when i saw it go on sale the last time i was like here's something that you really should get i like just thinking this is something you might like and he really loved it I, it's great everything all the tracks are fantastic but i feel like mm-hmm. that pressing could have been better i feel like it came from gz it was probably the pressing plant so A, that had a hit against it because they don't do the greatest stuff. B, it had already the stuff introduced into it that was supposed to sound like dirty vinyl, which I feel like they should have released, or not released, but like omitted for the vinyl release. Yep, I agree with that 100%. Because it's, it, it, yeah, I, I'm not a Crackle fan. I mean, you've got like these people that are like, I love the depth and the warmth of vinyl, which I can get that. And then they say, I love the Crackle. I'm like, yeah like that's only if it's bad you hear that so that should be a thing yeah Yeah, exactly it's interesting um that they add add that particular effect into the the pressing of vinyl because if you You know it's crazy if they have like a needle drop sound effect in there like on the vinyl one and you get so you're dropping the needle on it and then, boom, you go right into, like, the sound effect of a needle drop on vinyl on it. It's like, mm-hmm. why is this even in here? Right. And especially, <laughs> like, you figure how many people are listening that have the vinyl on, a, like, one of our buddies. Uh, I, sorry. North Innsbruck. He doesn't have the greatest record player in the world. Um, mm-hmm. He has a shitty, like, whatever it is. Like uh, Audio Technica, like an uh, LP60 uh, or something yeah, like some that. Some shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. like you get that because it's shitty. You get the shitty if you don't have to do anything extra to make it shitty. So people are <laughs> listening. So people, people, like if you're listening on like a decent sound system, you don't want to hear that because you've spent the money on, you know, a halfway decent sound system you don't want to hear it yeah like, and I, this is what it sounded like in the 50s i don't need that shit i don't want it that. because i've spent the money on it i'm a deaf boy and i don't want to hear that um so i found that the the crackling uh sound effects on the pilot priest record were really distracting um mm-hmm. i would like to hear it clean i would just like to hear a clean mastering of that record because it's so wonderful i love that record so much um yeah and then i'm wondering beautiful presentation too i'm wondering yes that um who's the artist who did that martin anson it's uh i i forget who it is and i just saw the artist i would know if i wasn't exactly (laughs) who the artist is because i'm a big art fan too and i yeah of course yeah i'm just really curious like what that sounds like in a clean presentation i'd like to hear that right. um, um i guess I, that's what i meant with, with with my statement of like a beautiful release you know like maybe i just meant from aesthetic an aesthetic point yeah. you know like he, they did a really good job but yeah i mean that all that intentional background noise didn't shouldn't have been a thing but they don't do that for the rest of the releases do they like i have uh, several wax works works releases and they're not 
they don't add that additional shit into it. I feel like here is the digital version of it. No further mastering was done. Press this <clears throat> divinal. That's end of story. It, it yeah. could very well be. I don't know. And I feel like that maybe might be a lot of what happens for vinyl releases. Yeah, now. I I, I think oh, yeah. like. Yep. And and what's your opinion? You you're a pers- you're a DJ. You've been into vinyl for a long time. You clearly have a very discerning taste. Um, do you find that most releases kind of don't care about that vinyl side of mastering, or 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 have you seen a in a a change in the recent years? Yeah, definitely in the recent. I'd say the recent year. I've seen a quality change, um, but those who actually take the time to have it properly mastered, you can for sure tell, and it's appreciated um, totally. Um, you know, back in the day when I used to, you know, DJ by singles, um, everything was mastered properly. You know, you could, you know, you know that you could mix in a record um, with another label, press it a different plant, and you know that the levels would be fine, the bass highs and everything would be fine. Um, nowadays it's, it's the exact opposite because you've got so many plants, you've got so many different labels, you've got so many different mastering processes that it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but absolutely. Like for instance, like let's, let's go back to destroyer panic. Um, obviously, you know, he did everything himself. I'm not sure if he mastered it himself, but it sounds wonderful. He didn't. Okay. He didn't, which, which is, which is cool. You know, a, a lot of producers think that they can also master for vinyl. I, I don't even know the, the steps to even do something like that. I wouldn't even want to try. Um, but props to him for realizing that if he wants to put it on this, uh, you know, in, on this specific medium, then you need to have someone do it right. You know, and you need to put out a product that's not only going to look good, but it's going to sound phenomenal. And he nailed it, man. And he's a one-man show. I mean, a lot of labels can learn a lot from him. It's, it's interesting. Uh, Chris would love to hear that. I know that yeah, there's there's other opinions out there as far as the mastering for that album goes. Um, hmm. What's your opinion? Like, what what's the difference between mastering for vinyl and mastering for, say, Spotify? Like, what are the, the differentiators, you think? Honestly, I have no idea. I'd hate to speak out of turn, man. I, 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 I have no clue. I really, I really don't. I mean, from from a from a from a personal perspective, I enjoy the sound of vinyl, obviously. Um, and I, I mean, I enjoy Spotify too. It's 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 convenient. You know, it, it, you can listen to it in the car, you listen to it in, while you're working out or whatever like that or whatever. Um, but there's just something about the sound of vinyl that I've always appreciated. Um, and for, in order for me to enjoy that, the pressing has got to be done right. And the pressing, the mastering, everything has to be done. There are certain steps that should be followed. I mean, there should be a legit checklist that these vinyl vinyl, vinyl compressing companies should have. Like, okay, is this done? Is this done? Is this done? Okay, then you're ready to, you know, give the consumer your product. Um, I, I think these days it's just some people are doing it as a money grab. Um, some people are just not educated enough to, to do that. And that's why I can appreciate like the destroyer, you know, but I'm really surprised to hear that people didn't like the mastering on that, or maybe they did. I don't know. You, when I said that you sounded very surprised because I thought it sounded fantastic. 
I thought it was a little like the volume was a little low, but I mean, once you crank it up, it sounds wonderful. Kyle, what's your opinion? I I agree. It did sound a little low. It sound it could, in my opinion, it could have been, could have been better. I okay. love it. No matter what, I fucking mm-hmm. love that album. <laughs> And I'm glad that I have it. I'm glad that I got it when I did. But uh, I feel like there could have been a little, little something more. Mm-hmm. Like there is, there is something with vinyl and mastering for it that is something special. And it's just like I don't know what the fuck it is that you need to do <laughs> to make it perfect. Yeah. But there is, there is a certain something that needs mm-hmm. to be done that goes along with that. And I'm, I'm I'm very curious what that is because again, I I mean I have no background in music. I have no background in music mastering. I have no idea what it would be. The only thing that I can say is is like as a normal jack off. <laughs> I I just know like when I hear it, I know that it's it's good and right. If it isn't, it sounds off. And if if it is, it's like okay, this sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that also seems like the ultimate, like, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about kind of thing that goes along with it, too. Because I have no background in any of this. And it's just like, if I say, if this doesn't sound so good, <laughs> maybe you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And you might be the person in the wrong. Right. I've got a pretty high profile setup. Um uh, uh, high profile, high fidelity setup. <laughs> oh, please Sorry. tell us because this is Kyle's like fucking thing right here. Okay, so I've got so I've got two setups. My upstairs setup is my DJ setup. I've got um, powered event um, PA's, which you know a lot of people would like. I get like shunned for having old event um, powered monitors, but they sound fantastic. And um, I'm Texan. I'm old school. And if it's not broken, then don't fix it. Um, so I've got that. I've got it run through uh, PLX 1000 Pioneer turntables that come through Ortofone spherical um, cartridges. And the spherical cartridge is a little bit different than your standard cartridge. It actually um, fits the groove a little different. It's not an, it's not a, a triangle angled um, cartridge that actually put, fits into the groove of the needle. It's spherical. So you're actually writing the full groove of the record and you have a more uh, robust sound. Um, and um, it, it, you can really tell the difference, even if I was just to change cartridges between the two, um, like just a regular, you know, standard cartridge and the order phones that I have. It's like a night and day difference. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then the other setup that I'm currently building, actually, before I hopped on with you guys, I went and picked up a, uh, a vintage MK2 SL1200 Technics turntable, um, and that's going to be run through two Polk Audio um, PAs um, with a, what is that, a Sherwood, a vintage Sherwood receiver? So, yeah, that's what I'm into. <laughs> so, as a person who is explored hi-fi stuff and has had expensive turntables i have gone back to the techniques awesome turntable i've changed in my current setup i've changed the tone arm and i've done stuff with the cartridge and all that but it's just like i have gone from the hi-fi realm 
belt drive type setup to now the direct drive technique setup? You know, I've never had a belt driven turntable. Well, actually, I take that back. When I first started DJing, I had belt driven, and from a DJ, you know, outlook or view, they're horrible. I was just um, gonna say that would be awful. Yeah, and they're case. really and they they were horrible. And that was my first set, um, and I think I played on them for a year, and then I got a pair of, of Technics, and um, I, you know, and, and honestly, I was like, if I can like learn to mix on these old Stantons that came out in like eight ninety five or something like that, then I can do it on the Technics and I did and it, and, it, and it really it was a nice learning curve because if you learn on garbage and you get good equipment you're that much better and that's I'm pretty sure other people would disagree but you know you do what you got to do when you're growing up um hear that yeah um but but yeah the, the belt driven turntables and I see them all over Instagram all the time they just look very fragile um and the the 1200s are built like a damn tank I mean, the one I'm looking at right now that I picked up today, I picked it up dirt cheap, it's discolored, it looks awful cosmetically, but I'll be damned if it doesn't play and turn and sound fantastic. You know, <laughs> both the, the both these boys that you're talking to both run Technics 1200s. Okay. So. Cool. So, yeah, before I had what I had right now, I had a clear audio concept and it had a thought like this one the one that i had was the moving coil so it came with a thousand dollar cartridge on it too wow so it's like i had that so belt driven that and it's just the thing and you know what i had bought these 1200s because i thought i was going to be doing dj sets like i thought i was that was the thing that i could do which i quickly realized that's not a thing <laughs> i can do but I was just like, there is something about these tables, like they're easy to use. Like you start them, you stop them. And it's just like right away. And it's just like the ease of use and the enjoyment mm -hmm. was the big thing. It's just like, how can I, like, how do I enjoy playing records? Like I want to play something. I can quickly start and stop and play something mm -hmm. else. But like, I still have, me being the person that I am, I love to upgrade and make things better than they could be. I, mm -hmm. I I have that upgrade bug in me that I just can't get rid of. And it's just like, also the, the SL1200 is ultimately upgradable. So I've been doing a bunch oh, of yeah. stuff to that too. So it's just like, that is now my table. Like I, I've gone from the hi-fi realm of belt drive is the only thing you want and you got to keep the motor isolated and you can't have anything like this and you got to have a giant fucking platter on it that weighs a million pounds and do these things where it's a slow startup and a slow you know slow down mm -hmm. to now i have this direct drive table where it's just like i start i stop i go the platter on it's really light but I've changed out the tone arm and I've changed out the cartridge and I've changed the head shell on it. And I've done all these other things to try and make it good. And it's just like, boom, start, stop, go. I'm playing all this yeah. stuff. I'm having fun and I'm enjoying my music more than I ever have. Even if quote unquote, this isn't the best table that I can have. Uh, I have a, a speed tester where I can actually test how many revolutions per minute I get. And I could never fucking get it. On my, mm -hmm. on my, you know, $2,500 clear audio turntable, I could never hit 33.3 .3 RPMs. And I have that already with my 
used ass SL twelve hundred. That who knows what's been done with. Like the speed setting on it is perfect, and I could never fucking get that on my other more expensive turntable. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's a, there's a reason why they didn't change this design for you know for ten or fifteen years. I mean, they that, this was like the industry standard for you know from a DJ's you know view, um, but also from a casual listener's view. I mean, or a serious listener's view, whatever. I mean, they're just well built decks. And a lot of th- there's something that a lot of people don't know is this like a lot of the tables that were used to cut um, masters, like lacquers and other things like that, they use an SL1200 motor yep, to yep. make this shit too. So there's that as well. Yep. And a lot of the, a lot of the test, the pressing plants there to listen to the test presses, they've got 1200s to put, they put the test presses on and they play it through. And that, I'm, that might not even mean anything, but it's still kind of cool. Like, you know, like it went from the plant onto the same turntable that's going to go on your at your house like it's and there it is too and like i had a friend who was telling me right from the beginning he's like you should get one of these and i was like no man fuck that shit i'm gonna get (laughs) i'm gonna get the hi-fi stuff because i'm not a wannabe dj i'm gonna get this shit and it's gonna be Mm -hmm. cool and then i just did a Fucking 180 degrees. <laughs> and I did moonwalk the fuck I did out a 360 of there. and right. I moonwalked right the fuck back into getting the SL 1200. Yeah. So you've got SL, what's, you got an early, is it the one or two? So what I have is an uh, SL 1200. It's an M3D. So it was, uh, it's, I think it's a Japanese only one that was aimed more towards DJs. Uh, the big difference on it is there is no like centering point where the uh, speed control is mm-hmm. yep. on that. There is a button where you can reset it mm-hmm. to go to you know normal speed, or I can you know do up or down for the speed, whatever on it. Um, on the power button, it, the actual rotating mechanism for that is sunk a little bit into the knob. So, like, say if you were scratching, you wouldn't accidentally turn your turntable off. Those That's are the... it, it, it was so bad. I mean that that was that was the only flaw. But you had to be really like getting down. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, as far as I know, that's the only real difference between that and like a Mark II and a Mark. Yeah, and I've whatever. got a Mark II and the Mark. I think the the Mark IIs are the ones that were produced in black, maybe. So or... that that's a SL twelve ten. Correct. Yes. In correct. the black. So yeah. yeah. That yeah. I've got. I've got. I've got the MK2 for the casual listening area, and then I've got honestly, like you know, the, the Pioneer PLX 1000s. They're from a. If you were to break it down side by side, yes, the Technics is built better. Um, it's built, you know, with better quality products. Uh, but I mean, it's you know Pioneer, and they've got to cut corners, and I get that. But honestly, the feel of it, the weight and everything, and the most importantly, the, the power cable is removable on the back of the turntable. So you're actually taking your turntable out from your case into a gig or something, um, which was a constant thing with the Technics thing. It's pulling out the ground wires being pulled out. Um, that's kind of what, that was my selling point. Yeah. Like, I like that. So And that Pioneer one that you have is very good quality because there's that one and then there's the lower quality, the 500. Correct. Yeah. So the, you the have the much better one. Yeah, and I've got two of those, and the 500 is it, it operates like a belt driven. It doesn't have as much torque, um, which I I like a lot of torque because I want to be able to control it real quick, and I like a 
very quick response time um, when I speed something up, slow something down. So, so yeah. what we're saying is technics, that's where you need to be. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you really do. And if you, and if for some reason you can't afford a technics or you can't find one because they're not produced anymore, give the PLX 1000 by pioneer a shot because it's a very, it's the closest thing that you're going to be able to get. that's brand new. All right. That that's good information. I, th- it, I do believe Technics did re because doesn't Pioneer technically own Technics? No, no, no. Yeah, they're different uh, companies. Okay, because they restarted their the Technics Panasonic is the parent company. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Okay, there you go. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So so I know where you're going with this. Technics did they did reboot the 1200, and it's super expensive. Yeah, it's like it's ridiculous, ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. This is like five thousand dollars, some shit like that. If you like the SL twelve hundred G or GR is like four thousand dollars. Jesus yeah. Christ! And then there's one under that that's like two thousand dollars. And then yeah. they released I mean, another different. one that's like fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I it's mean, very that's uncommon for DJs to even play vinyl anymore. Um, so I'm pretty sure they had to like compete with the, the digital market. You know, you've got the CDJ 2000 Nexus that, you know, is, is a wonderful digital turntable. Um, I mean, you, you have the, the feel of vinyl, um, you have, you know, full controls, you could, you've got your tractor and Serato where you can control from your laptop. Um, so I, I'm guessing that's why they priced it like that because the, the, uh, the CDJs will run you about eight, um, hundred to a thousand each they're not cheap so maybe they thought they had a market but yeah I guess when, not. and when <laughs> techniques rebooted the 1200 they were like this is an audio file table now not a dj table yep unlike mm-hmm. it used to be and then when they released the mark 7 the all black one mm-hmm. if you remember that mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. finally or the, was it the mark 6 they were finally like okay here's our one that's kind of aim towards the DJ, even though it's still kind of fucking expensive. Right. I just don't understand why they just don't reboot the, the standard 1200. I mean, it's a great, it, and I understand everybody wants the new, but I mean, they said their tooling wore they, it out. That, that was their excuse. They're like, Oh, the tools that we use to make it, they all wore out. So we can't make them within spec anymore. No kidding. I had no, I'd never heard that before. And that's ludicrous. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and that's like, like a bunch of really? bullshit. Yeah. That's like, well, that's why the new 1200 is like fucking amped to the max. It's cool. We made all new shit for it. And it's yeah. not for DJs. And yeah. But fuck that price tag. Yeah. No, fuck it. Exactly. <laughs> I know when that first came out, I was like, these motherfuckers thinking they could get $4,000 for this newest. But one? you know what? Some jabronis. Right are paying that money for it because it's Technics and they're buying it. But the, yes, that, and they did make some really good improvements. I would love to buy one if I could. (laughs) Of course. course Of course. Beautiful, but unattainable. The motor is different and the motor is the big part of a direct drive one. And the platter is Mm -hmm. different and it's way different. Why would you want to do anything different than the original? It's perfect, isn't it not? I agree. I agree. As a person who loves to upgrade things, I love everything that they did to upgrade. Shut your mouth. 
And of course, <laughs> I would still replace the tone arm with something well, else. Obviously, something like that. Yeah, being you. Yeah, obviously. I would actually. The thing that I want most is the, like the the equivalent to the SL10, the newest one that they did. That's like twenty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's the one I really fucking want. But obviously. of course. I am a poor person, so I can't have that. <laughs> but if I could, I would. Indeed. Because it's tactics and it's direct drive and not... And the funny thing is, like, you're talking about you got out of a setup that we won't discuss overall what you spent for it. Like, overall. Like, the entire setup was an absurd amount of money. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean, to some people, that's beginner. To me, it's like, ooh, that's... To layman. You're an adult now. <laughs> right. Like, you're you're an adult who doesn't work anymore and who is retired because and they're rich. doesn't have a family that has to be supported. It's cool. It's great. Yeah. So, am, am I last... the kids, but we can listen to some records. <laughs> yeah. About $10,000. Is what it was, right? All, overall, all together, all, all in all, everything included. Which, you know, good for you. Most people don't want to spend that amount of money on a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then throw in your your vinyl collection. You're probably double that now, maybe. Oh man, just thinking about my vinyl collection. Like, I haven't added anything to it in Discogs for probably a year. Mm-hmm. And the last time I checked, like, I don't have a, I don't have a lot of stuff. I have a decent amount. That's bullshit, but continue. But, like, <laughs> if you could look at your collection, they'll give you, like, a, a, like a low, medium, yeah. and high mm-hmm. thing. And, like, the high end for it, if I sold all my vinyl, which I don't have that much would be like $15,000. Yep. Isn't that neat? It's like, it's like, you know, false promises. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm investing in something. And then you go to sell it and it ain't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and my false promises are worth $5,000. So. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so weird. Cause it's like, I don't have a lot of stuff. If you broke that down into what it would be like, if you divided that among everything, that would be like you're getting over $50 per record. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because you shouldn't have paid that much for any of them. Yeah. All right, John. How much? How many records do you have? Just off the top, I, I'm curious. Like, oh, man. Have you been a curator for, for 20 years and just never stopped? Did you start and stop? Did you sell everything and get back into it or has it just been something that you've kept because like for me i've i have some records that i've kept since childhood that i never got rid of and then it just kind of you know what i mean like what's your you know um uh, i probably got about anywhere between like two to three thousand um and that's i've sold a lot like I, I've sold a ton. I've sold, you know, like I was telling you guys earlier, I used to be really big into drum and bass and that was my style. And that's what I learned to DJ with. And then I got into hip hop a little bit. Um, and then um, I decided to start selling stuff, which was a really good time because um, I actually made like 
a decent amount of money because back in the day, you know, they weren't pressing a lot of these um, and it was only limited runs. So I was able to like, probably say like double my money with, you know, the stuff that I sold. And, and honestly, I was, I was selling it so I could buy new styles of music and newer stuff. And, uh, um, and then I got into the digital um, stuff, so I wasn't buying nearly as much. Um, and then it just kind of like, you know, the addiction started again, like I said earlier in the podcast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot, um, at least in my opinion, and it's everything that I can, you know, listen to. Some of the stuff that, you know, has been passed down from family members and it's got special meaning. Um, some of them, um, I've got like random shit. <laughs> it's not all synthwave. I've got, you know, tons of old punk, tons, tons of old rock, um, a decent amount of hip hop. I'm, that's that's my new thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build up like a really solid 90s hip hop collection. That um, is the hardest looking. thing to get because that was like the driest period of time for mm-hmm. vinyl. And if something was released on vinyl for hip hop in the 90s, Finding something that isn't destroyed. Yeah, exactly. By DJ. Oh yep. my God. It's so hard. Yep. So that's kind of been like a new hobby of mine that I just recently picked up. Um, and honestly, like I, I really enjoy mixing hip hop with synthwave. I think it's a blast. I think it's so much fun. <laughs> so I, I'd love to do an all, all mix of like, you know, synthwave and, you know, hip hop mashups. That would be bringing two of my favorite things together right there. So what do you, so Com Truce is doing a hip hop record. He's producing. Oh, really? Yeah, he's producing a hip hop record. That's awesome. That's like great news. It like makes the most sense ever for most naysayers. That makes me bad because I remember a while back someone came in and was like, Com Truce just does hip hop beats without vocals and i was just like wait a fucking minute here like there's more to it than that that's just legitimizing that person's statement on the internet about that now i'm upset (laughs) that's what i wanted to say i saved that just for this moment but like kudos i I can see that's a good thing I was goofing around on my tables not too long ago and, and I mashed up uh, a Calm True song and uh, a Dr. Dre song. It actually worked out very well. I was That's one of those nights kind of goofing off and I was like, hey, this actually works really well. I like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yep. So maybe I'll get on that. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been promising people mixed tapes and mixes for a year and a half now. And honestly, I've recorded so many, and I'm just not happy with the outcome. I think you need um, to have a independent ear curate those particular things because right. you're too close. I mean, it's probably not a bad idea. I mean, you're, you're, you're at the end of the day, you're your own worst worst critic. So, and I could I could pick a, anybody can pick apart anything that they're trying to do, and you know, never be pleased with it. And I think that's probably what I'm doing. Yeah. So. All right. So I don't want to. I don't. I don't mean to cut it off. I hate everything that I do. But <laughs> so bringing it back to that. Bring it back to we've talked to we've talked at you with you for a very long period of time. I really appreciate you coming on. I think yeah. like everything I hoped this would be, it's turned into. So I really appreciate you coming on. Um, awesome, man. No problem. Thanks right. for having me. It was uh, it was a it was a, a surprise. 
my daughter was she was so excited. She's like, "You're going to be on a podcast!" Oh my god, that's so <laughs> very low standards. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, this is whoa, our... whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, up. Kyle. Wait Kyle's a minute. Got some shit. So we want to shout out. Okay, hold on. Some stuff. Okay, we're gonna okay. shout some shit out. So. If you are interested in what we've been talking about, if you want to follow more mashup synthwave stuff, more live DJ sets, more other things on Instagram. If you are on Instagram, if you love that kind of thing for social media, follow Johnny underscore keeper. Indeed. Johnny with an H. That's me. N-N-Y underscore keeper. K-E-E-P-E-R. Please follow that Instagram account. Indeed. There's a lot of hot stuff on there. It's impressive and depressive. If you've, if you followed (laughs) it all, what you have, um, jealousy will set in. Admiration will set in, obviously. And if you do enjoy following synth wave vinyl focused, Instagram accounts. Indeed. Why not follow the Paradise Arcade Paradise Arcade Vinyl? Yes, indeed. Indeed. Follow that too. Follow that as well. And also the Paradise Arcade in general. Uh there's some overlap there in the two accounts. There is. I- indeed. Uh and most definitely follow Johnny Keeper yes. on Instagram. Yes. Anything else that you want to plug, Johnny? Um, no, we're good. I mean, it was really great talking to you guys, and uh, it's really, I mean, once again, like it's just so overwhelming and so nice that this scene has been so cool and so friendly. So thanks again, guys, for inviting me on. It's been it's been a pleasure. And thank you for being on. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Until next time, this is Eric. This is Kyle, and that's Johnny. Thank you, and uh, we'll join you next time, later. Paradise Arcade.